Hey guys, and welcome to F Nation with Gabby Roseman. I'm your host, Gabby, and today I bring you a message, A Better Rest, taken from Hebrews 4, 8 through 10, using the King James Version. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, I want to speak to you from the book of Hebrews, the book of better things. And I want to talk about a better rest. Hebrews 4, 8 through 10 reads, For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. When I've studied Hebrews in the past, we've centered it around relationships, specifically the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant, moving from the temporal and conditional blood of imperfect sacrificial coverings to the spiritual and continual blood covering of Jesus. I pulled a quote that says, the fullness of breakthrough is the acknowledgement of the blood of Christ. The word rest appears in the scripture in Hebrews three times. Whenever I see three, I immediately see the Trinity. And whenever I see the Trinity, I immediately see the blood. The biblical significance of three is completeness, but to a lesser degree than seven. They placed Jesus on the cross at the third hour. And for three hours, darkness covered the land while he suffered on the cross. But on the third day, he rose again. If the fullness of the breakthrough is the acknowledgement of the blood of Christ, then I would argue the responsibility to the blood and the promised rest is found in the work. As believers, we are God's hands and feet on the earth, purpose to do the good work prepared in advance. And when, and only when that work is complete, we will find a better rest. But first I wanna go back to the garden in creation and after the curse, where we find our first model for work and rest. The first point that I'd like to speak to you about is rest in the Father. My father provided the first example of what it meant to work, to go out for days on end creating something out of nothing in order to ensure we, his children, were able to experience a small piece of paradise. In order to provide, my father traveled for days and weeks on end and the evidence of how hard he worked, the extent of quote-unquote paradise we experience, was based on his tiredness. See, from a young age, my father modeled for me the measure of his work was evident in how well he rested when it was done. In fact, the one and only time my father physically disciplined me as a child was due to me interrupting his sleep. 
At the time, I thought it was unbecoming and I couldn't believe he lost his temper. It was uncharacteristic of him with me simply because I made too much noise while he slept. What I now know is that I had little value for his rest because I didn't know the cost of his work. What does your work in the kingdom of God cost you? As I prepared and meditated on this message, I wondered if my father on earth had taken his cues from our father in heaven, who made all of creation, the heavens and the earth, and all who dwell among it in their vast array in six days. But on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. He rested because what he saw was very good and complete. He blessed the completeness of his work and made it holy. But we, in our sinful nature, harden our hearts and did not accept that which our Father had given us in creation. We rejected the rest we had access to in the garden when we decided it was better to know for ourselves. See, not all of us are parents, but every one of us has been a child. And I am willing to bet you know what it's like to reject the blessing of your father in order to find out for yourself. The blessing of wisdom, wise counsel, or self-control. We lost the first rest when we left the garden. But our God is so God that from the beginning, he made a way even before we fell. Genesis 3 and 21 says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. These clothes, the imperfect sacrificial coverings of the old covenant. Blood was shed to create this covering. But we are under a new covenant. Hebrews 4.3 says, Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. How do we enter? by faith. It is our belief that grants us access. No longer the blood of imperfect animals, but the perfect blood of Jesus. Which brings me to my next point, rest in the sun. Our scripture starts out, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? It goes on to say, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Another day, because there were and still remain those who failed to believe. Hebrews 4, 7 says, God again set a certain day, calling it today. In the English language, when rest is used in the context of people and things, it means remaining. For God's people, the remnant of verse 9. Our God is so God that he said, again, here is another chance through my son. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Open your hearts to receive my son and access another rest. How do we enter his rest? By faith. But we also know that faith without works is dead. So we labor in the faith from day to day by the power of the blood of Jesus. And then we shall rest just as God did on the seventh day, 
when it is done. Which brings me to my last point, rest in the Holy Spirit. And Apollo, the Greek word for rest means to give rest, give intermission from labor. By implication, refresh. Verse 10 of our text says, For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. There is no rest without work. It is not enough for us to believe we must work for the kingdom of God. In answering this call as believers, we are operating in the third rest, the better rest that was sealed by the Holy Spirit under this new covenant of grace. But while we are here, we must do the work. During the pandemic, when Bishop Jakes preached about an array of topics in an empty sanctuary for months, one of the things I missed as a member of the Potter's House was a familiar voice of a man, I don't know, who would shout, Let's go to work. Because that is what we came for. To hear the messenger of God deliver the message of God as evidence of his work for the kingdom of God. In empty sanctuaries, we must do the work of God. On Zoom calls after 24-hour flights, we must do the work of God. When the mood escapes us, we must do the work of God. Because a new rest comes only when the work is done. And our work will be done when we join our Father in heaven. For we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him. 2 Corinthians 5, 8-9 So I ask again, what does your work for the kingdom cost? Does it reflect the value you receive in the rest of God? At the end, when you find yourself before the Father, will he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Does your work for the kingdom reflect the stones you've envisioned in your crown of glory? Or do we as a collective need to do what the anonymous gentleman at the Potter's House does and say, let's go to work. Now is the time. Today is the day. Harden not your hearts to the work God has called you to do. The altar is open. Salvation is at hand. Will you join me and do the work today? I hope you have enjoyed today's message. I pray that it has been an encouraging word for you to look within and answer the call of God to do the work he has purposed for you in your life. Follow us, like us, and be sure to tune in next week. This has been F Nation with Gabby Roseman.